This is Fall on Blast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in once again to another episode of what we like to call the Ball on Blast Podcast. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. I'm joined by my guy, Andrew Webster. Webby, what is good? Back like cook crack. I you thought you thought you got rid of me. Thought you got rid of me after I predicted, you know, the Sixers win, saying Embiid was the best player in the series, <laughs> then saying the Raptors were just gonna get swept out by the Bucks. I was wrong, <laughs> you were right. I am ugly, you are very beautiful, <laughs> I am dumb, you are smart. I get it, yes, but we are back because it's finals time, and Sheldon Alexander, correct me if I'm wrong, um, a a Toronto team is in a championship final in one of the four major sports, not only one of the four major sports, but arguably, well, let's not get crazy here, uh, the, 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 the first or second most important sport out there. Yeah, I think the NFL is still king for all intents and purposes. Probably but to because be, of gambling. To be but. fair, Toronto doesn't have a uh, an NFL an NFL team. True. But they have True. the next best thing. They got an NBA team that's in the NBA Finals. Man. It still doesn't seem like real life, and it's true, Mr. Andrew Webster. I mean, Raptors fans, Ball on Blast fans, Wrap It Up fans, we're looking for you, Mr. Webster. Listen, they <laughs> found me on Twitter. A bunch of you guys have found me on Twitter because every week I put my my handle out there, and I love it. You guys are, yeah. you guys are, again, you guys are right. I was wrong. You are very smart. I am very dumb. Absolutely. The it, Raptors it have done it, man. It's incredible. We will get your take on the Sixers in terms of what went wrong. We'll tease that, and we'll we'll get to that at the end. But I feel like so much has happened since the last time we talked. We can't really go that far back. So we'll get to the Sixers later on. Yeah. But as you mentioned, it's NBA Finals time. Ooh. And the Toronto Where's Raptors, LeBron James? Right? This where's, is LeBron, where's LeBron James? <laughs> this is the first time in almost a decade that we've gotten the Finals with no LeBron. I know that's that crazy, isn't it? It's been the set like we've known it's going to be like this for a few months before the playoffs even started. But even to get to this point, where's J.R. Smith? <laughs> it's funny because I see Damon Jones on TV. He's been doing a lot of hits with uh, on ESPN. Yeah, yeah. And every time I see him, I'm still thinking about J.R. Smith soup. throwing soup at him. <laughs> yeah. What was it? Chicken tortilla soup. <laughs> Uh, it is weird. No LeBron in the NBA Finals, but we do have someone putting in LeBron-type work Whoa. in the NBA Finals. I mean, let's start here. The Warriors are making their fifth straight trip to the Finals, a streak that just one other team dating back to the Celtics from 1957 to 1966 have done. That is like, crazy. Yeah, what? that's like uh, Bill Russell and, yeah. and, and Kuzi and stuff, you know? They, you have Lechek and shit. Absolutely insane run, something we haven't seen again in a long-ass time, looking for their fourth championship in five years against the Toronto Raptors, a team that's already on a historic run, and their first trip to the NBA Finals. This is just so crazy to begin with, and I will say this. I went back and listened to our preseason picks, and I did pick the Raptors to make the NBA Finals. I like, <laughs> like, I listened back to it, I was like, oh, man, that guy's pretty smart. What the hell? <laughs> But 
either way, even I have to admit the way that it's gone down is not the way that I intended it to go down, or I could have even imagined it going down in terms of Kawhi Leonard just putting in gangster work like we've never, ever seen before. But here's the thing, Mr. Webster. I'm going to ask you this. Can you actually, are we living in a world where the team to end the run of the Golden State Warriors could be the Toronto Raptors? What's, is this real life? What's so amazing is that the Raptors are going to have everybody in their corner. Yeah. This has been a narrative that we've been talking about for the last couple of years here on the Ball on Blast show. Is that the the Warriors run, we want to see this Warriors run be ended. Like, oh, yeah. listen, we love seeing greatness, but... Having the same team win, and not only win, but then get one of the best players in the in the game, and Kevin Durant, to join their squad, like yeah. you got to imagine that the the sports watching public out there uh, is going to be rooting and pulling for Toronto, and that's a weird thing in and of itself because when you think of the Leafs and hockey, tons of people out there hate the Leafs, and when you think about the Blue Jays, I mean. I mean, sure, maybe the Blue Jays part. They're not relevant on like a national or like league wide scale. Let's be serious. Right. Right. But when the when the Jays were playing the Royals, it wasn't like everybody was pulling for the Jays because everybody hates the Royals. Right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I totally know what you mean. And we look at the situation and I'll be honest with you watching how that like Eastern Conference finals ended. And again, Raptors winning in six games. Just crazy performance by Kawhi, leading the team back and winning game six on the home court. Seeing the Raptors celebrate on the home court. We talked about that to wrap up our Wrap It Up podcast on Saturday. Um, But I want to get your take, Webby, in terms of what you thought as you watched the Toronto Raptors win on their home court and advance to the NBA Finals. What was going through your mind when you saw that? It was completely surreal. Yeah. For a team that started less than 30 years ago, mm-hmm. started playing in the Sky Dome, in, in front of, in, like literally in front of an audience in Canadians who didn't really know what NBA basketball was all about. Sure, there were diehards in Canada who were watching mm-hmm. Jordan as they were growing up, like you yeah. and I did, right? For sure. Yep. But on a whole, and for a country to have, at the time, two NBA teams, but now just one. And to see how the sport has grown in Canada, the the, the, the homegrown product, um, making it to the NBA and the highest levels of NCAA competition, to see it all culminating on the Raptors court was surreal. Something yeah. literally like, like the honestly, it, the same thought ran through my head as I was watching the Eagles Super Bowl. And, and I, I don't mean to be corny, but it was something that I thought I would never in my life see. And it's the same with the it's the same with the Leafs and the and the Stanley Cup. Like I've pretty much resigned to myself. I never I never think that I'll actually see it until I do. And so yeah. it was just kind of a weird surreal moment to be like, oh my god, like they actually did it. It's they actually made it. Well, we both have close ties to the team and to the industry just in terms of, of course, we both grew up working at the score, which I think is like a place that can take a lot of, you know, pride in what we did as terms of a basketball community in this country. In terms and how of, we treated the Raptors as a yeah, team. Treated the, treated the Raptors, treated basketball. And so we have a pretty like interesting viewpoint on this, right? But at the same time, I'll be honest. 
while this was happening on Saturday night, and I mentioned this on the wrap it up, everyone else was going crazy. And I was just sitting there staring at the TV, just like what just happened? Like it, as much as I thought, Hey, yes, Kawhi Leonard is good enough to lead the Raptors to the finals. Yes. I think the rest of the team, they have a good supporting cast. They are the best team in the East. The fact of actually sitting there and watching the Toronto Raptors advance to the NBA finals, surreal is a perfect word that you use to describe it. Webby. And I'm going to piggyback that because I just almost couldn't believe my eyes. Yeah. And it's so cool because at the same time, on top of the Raptors being that good, it was surreal to watch arguably the best player in the league, the best player on planet Earth right now, <laughs> do that in a Raptors uniform. And that part was just as weird to me as well because we've always wanted to see one of those guys on a team that we watch night in, night out. And it was kind of crazy to see that with what Kawhi Leonard was doing. And you look at this series now against the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals, a lot of American media, a lot of people who are casual basketball fans, maybe even casual Raptors fans, I don't think they fully understand what's going down in this series in terms of Kawhi Leonard being the best player in the series, especially if there's no Kevin Durant. But also, like, this Raptors team has a really good shot. No? 100%. Now, it's the, again, the reason that they beat Milwaukee is because they honestly used Milwaukee's strength and made it their strength and that they went from a like we were talking about like a five six maybe seven man rotation that they used against philly to now getting contributions pretty much all the way down the bench right yeah, and, totally. and if that continues like so those guys aren't going to necessarily get the national media attention that they might get here in canada and it'll be awesome honestly to see like doris burke talking about Guys like Van Vliet or Norm or, you know, these guys have spent years now in Toronto without getting real national exposure. So that'll be really cool. Yeah, totally agree. And Kawhi Leonard, for the performances that he has, again, just to go through some of the stats here, Kawhi had 11 30-point games during this playoff run, okay? The only other players to have 10-plus 30-point games in a single postseason in the last 10 years, LeBron, KD, Kobe and Kawhi like that's disgusting like there's no question that that he is like a legit top three player in the league hands down there's no question about it it's LeBron I like honestly you put him above Harden definitely for what he does on both ends of the floor exactly it's LeBron KD and you know what sure I'll put Steph in there I put Steph in the same category as Harden They both just have such an effect on one end of the floor. But to watch what Kawhi Leonard has done in the playoffs, and I'm still not even going to give him the full credit for shutting down Giannis because I feel like that was game plan and that was great team defense. But still give him credit because, I mean, he still had the initial responsibility. But even before what he did to Giannis, what he did to Chris Middleton in terms of eliminating him, and then go back to the Philly series. What he did to Simmons and Butler. Right? Like his effect on the his effect on the game is crazy, and we talk about it all the time. We look at basketball so much as, like, how many points are you scoring? And we just mentioned he's doing that. But in the playoffs, you realize when possessions are so valuable, getting a stop in crunch time is just as important as getting a basket. But and- it's it's so funny, right? It's like he is the ultimate combination of metric 
and eye test. Yes. So his numbers are stupid and unassailable, and through this postseason run, like shooting percentage, PER, you know, the impact that he's having on the game through a metric standpoint is unassailable. But then you look at just not like eye test and, wow, he's scoring a lot of points, but those little, like, what I call, like, Don Cherry hustle moments. <laughs> the, the getting the offensive rebound off a missed free throw. Off this, his own missed free throw. <laughs> insanity. Like, the effort that he's putting in for offensive rebounds and to save yeah. balls and to come up with steals. Like, it's, it's crazy. Like, uh, again, a lot of hyperbole here, and I know this is crazy to say, but this is a performance that you would honestly think of that's like Michael Jordan. It sounds like hyperbole, but I think your example of it being the perfect match of eye tests and stats, totally true. Because we just told you about the scoring numbers, cool. But when you you find out things like he has 17 rebounds in that last game, he had nine assists in game five. Like the stats are also backing up the moments that give you the eye test, right? Like so, him dunking on Giannis twice, the dunk on Embiid, obviously the game winner at the buzzer, like. I don't know if we've seen a run like this in terms of moments, in terms of domination on both ends of the floor. You got to go back a couple years into like a LeBron run. I don't know. You got to pick out because there's been so many LeBron yeah. runs over the years. But do you but know all what I mean those, in terms all of those, moments as well? But all those postseason moments for LeBron, they seem to at least spread out over a couple year span, right? Totally. Like he had yeah, incredible. He's done it in two weeks. Yeah, he's done it in two weeks, man. <laughs> it's crazy. Like it, he's already the best Raptor of all time, right? Oh, off this one playoff run, hands like down. No question. But they got to is... retire his jersey off this one playoff run. This is the problem, though. <laughs> Like, if he leaves after this postseason and win or lose, I'm giving it a 50-50 shot whether he stays or whether he goes. Well, I'll be honest. But if he leaves, if he does leave, take that with a grain of salt, but is that, like, it's obviously still he's the best Raptors player of all time. So I thought after the Sixers series and after the game-winning basket, like at the buzzer, that four bounce, the pose, everything about it, after that moment, I was like, I'm good. Whatever happens after this, yeah. I'm good in terms of whether he stays or goes, whether they win the conference finals. Like, I'm, I'm, the experiment was good. Masai putting his chips in the table was good. Everything, like, he gave you the moment. He gave you the playoff run. He gave you everything as a fan that you could possibly dream of. And I was good with that. But I'll be honest. For someone who, for the whole entire season, Webby, my thought process has been, even if he leaves, doesn't matter. That's on him. It's not on the Raptors. They've done everything they could. I can't lie. Seeing him raise the trophy was the first time I thought to myself, wait, how do you leave after this? Hmm. That was the first time I thought that. Him raising the trophy, the crowd going crazy. That was the first time I allowed myself to think. But here's the thing. How can he leave after that? Like, this isn't. Like, I, and I know we're going to talk about this, but man, this isn't a Raptors thing. This is a Kawhi thing. He's now done it in San Antonio. He's doing it in Toronto. And what's stopping Kawhi from saying, well, I'm this fucking good. I could do it yeah. wherever I wanted it to do it. Yeah. And why yeah. wouldn't I go to California? Well, the thing that's pretty cool, too, shouts to our guys, uh, Javon and Timmy Heggs. They were showing me the video of Kawhi, and you can only catch it on the TNT version but 
during the post-game celebration while Ernie's doing the interviews, someone says to Kawhi, hey, pick up the trophy. Like, you got to raise a trophy. And he's like, nah, 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 I don't want that. I want the Larry OB. Yeah. <laughs> right? And it's just like you're seeing his mentality, right? Like, this guy just loves basketball. He's a hooper's hooper. All he cares about is ball. And it's so – the weird part, I think on one of the podcasts we did, Webby, we talked about a LeBron clip from a couple – from last season against the Celtics where they asked him, like, how does he keep showing up in these moments when everyone thinks his teammates aren't that good? Yeah. He might not have enough, and is he too old and all that? And LeBron's response was, the work that I put in, it allows me to trust the results, right? Like, I'm okay with the results because of the work that I put in. Exactly. And you just live, you're able to live with the results because you know that you put the work in and whatever happens, happens. All the and to hear Kawhi yeah. say that exact same thing, that to me was like, oh shit. Like we keep talking about there's levels to this shit. And yeah, Kawhi is on that level. We're seeing it. We're hearing it. The other quote that got me too, Webby, was the, uh, I'm not afraid of the moment. I enjoy it. <laughs> I said, yo, yo no. this man is a problem. If you want to talk Kawhi quotes, it's, you know, they were asking him earlier this season, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, are you going to be able to play in this game? You know, what do you think? And he goes, man, this is all just practice for me. Yeah. Because the real season starts when the playoffs start. Yeah. And I like, believe it was, what was it? It was, uh, it's just 82 practices. 82 practices. seasons when I'll lace them up. Yeah, when I'll lace them up. And to have a to have a player with that kind of confidence, and like you say, in the uh, preparation and the work that he's put in, to know that he's going to trust the results when it matters most, it's like that's what you want in a and legitimately a superstar. Also, too, does the perception of what went down in San Antonio change now? Right, just in in terms of mm. because San Antonio is a franchise, right? We just trusted what they said because it was San Antonio. Nobody goes no, against San Antonio. We, we, we know them to be. We did talk about how San Antonio, like, it wasn't totally blame all on Kawhi. But okay. I don't think that it changes kind of what happened in terms of, like, uh, the people who were in Kawhi's ear. The blame game type thing. Like, who right. are blaming over how that went? Yeah. But the one thing we are seeing, though, Load management definitely was a thing that worked, obviously. And the fact that the Raptors, I feel like, it's a completely different approach. We know that it's Pop's rules in San Antonio. And when you bring in Nick Nurse, who's a rookie coach. Yeah, it's Kawhi's rules in Toronto. Yeah, right? It was kind of like, hey, we're going to listen to you. You tell us how you're feeling. We're going to combine that with the doctors. But most important is how you're feeling, and we'll work with that. And I think that approach really helped. I think that approach really was a change of pace in terms of, you know, pop screaming at you because you went the wrong way around a screen or something like that, right? right? So that to me is super interesting. But seeing what this guy's done, it's incredible. But it leads me to the next question here, Mr. Webster. Which Raptors team do you think is going to show up? Is it the Raps versus the Sixers that was all the Kawhi show? Or the Raps versus the Bucks that was Kawhi featuring the others? Well, it's going to have to be the Kawhi featuring the other Raptors. Because if you try to play a Kawhi one-on-five game against the team that they're getting set to play on Thursday, it's going to be a really short series. And to slow down what uh, Golden State wants to do in the half court or in transition, you're going to need a lot of the team defense that you were getting against the Bucks. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and offensively too, if you're going to have to rely on Kawhi to score, then your team defense is going to take a hit because he's going to be tired. Yeah, the the team aspect, it's it's funny because I feel like the Bucks series in a weird way kind of prepares them for the, the, uh, the Warriors just in the sense that it's a pace of play, right? It's the same kind of theme in terms of they shoot a lot of threes, they try to get up and down and get you in transition, get you off the, turnovers, get the, you off scramble plays. The big difference is, is that if it gets to half court, we know that Golden State's one of the best half court teams in the league. In terms of what they do off the ball and the shots that... See, this is going to be the big difference between the Bucs and the Warriors, man. The Bucs, if you got a couple of stops and built that wall against Giannis, that team got tight. And if if you had to put the ball in in Eric Bledsoe's hands and have him make the first decision on who was going to get a shot, it, it wasn't going to go well. And it didn't go well for Milwaukee. The big difference with Golden State is they know how to get those shots in the half court. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be any panic. There's going to be a lot of movement, a lot of cutting, a lot of open shots. Yeah, no, you're right. I think the similarities just come to, you know, pace of play, the speed, and the willingness to, to shoot threes, but also the runs that these teams are capable yeah. of going on. And, you know, the Raptors have shown an ability to take those runs, bend but not break. Yeah. And I think that part of it going from the Bucks to the Warriors is something that you'll be able to take from one series to the next, right? You know the Warriors are going to come out with crazy runs and you're going to have to sustain those runs and take it, called timeout, whatever, come back out and get back to business, right? You're not going to crumble under the crazy Steph Curry personal 9-0 run. Yeah, because right? those like I was talking to this with a buddy that I work with now and I go And I was saying that the toughest part about the Warriors isn't, you know, that they're going to come at you from all angles or whatever. It's that they can be up by two. And then after four or five possessions, they'll be up now 13. (laughs) And it just happens just like that. And it, how many, it happened four times to the Blazers. I mean, every one of those games, the Blazers came into the fourth quarter with a lead, but it's just, they're so potent and so dangerous. And the one thing to stress in this series in terms of the difference between what the Raptors can do, I, I kind of look at this series kind of like how I looked at the Bucks series in the sense that, you know, the Bucks came in as favorites. The Warriors are coming in as heavy favorites, right? And the thing with the Raptors that will keep them in a lot of games is they play defense. And I think both Milwaukee and both Golden State, those two teams haven't really been tested like, for real, for real, by a team that can play defense, right? Like the Blazers are not defensive juggernauts no. by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, you got man, good. Uh, individual- Terry Stotts was going under Steph Curry pick and rolls, right? Yeah, you got good individual defense by Patrick Beverly in the Clippers series against totally. Durant. But again, they gave them a go, no? Nah, they still lost by like 20 points, 20 points. They lost in points. six, but they shouldn't have even been winning games, no? Yeah, they Or is that have just the Warriors being bored? May, well, I think it's, you know, the force of will of uh, of Lou Williams and uh, and Patrick shouts Beverly. To shouts big to Lou sh- Will. Big shouts to Lou Will, absolutely. But I'll tell you, man, what the, the, the toughest thing in this final series, and it's almost unfair for the Raptors, is that you're almost playing two teams. Okay. Especially, like, I, I mean, I saw in your note that Durant is traveling with the team. So he he's going to be there for game one and game, or, and game two, but he's probably not going to play either of those two games, right? 
Yeah. So he's officially out for game one. And I mean, the assumption is he probably won't play in game two. We haven't even heard that he's practiced yet. Right. So, yeah. Still, though, that is so tough to Mm -hmm. play two games against the Warriors (laughs) and then possibly them putting in the second, third best player in the league right now into that lineup. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like you have to prepare for two separate teams if you're the Raptors. And it's that's insanely unfair. <laughs> right? It's yeah. super unfair. Like It is crazy. I think, I'll say this much though, Webby. When Kevin Durant went down with that, what they're calling a calf strain, is that what right. they're calling it officially? I still thought, and I, there's part of me that still thinks this, that it is an Achilles. They're just not going to say that because they want, the you know they want the other teams to still kind of be having that worry of Kevin Durant coming back in the back of their minds. If he's so in, so they're a boot, not going to really say it. If he's in a boot game one or game two, we'll know. But if he's True. not in a boot, like I don't think it would be an Achilles because like they would have to say that. I just and his that. it would get leaked. It would get leaked <laughs> in this era. I could see that. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It'd be tough to keep that series that uh, secret for sure. I just don't think it's as it's that good because remember when it first happened, they said he'll be evaluated in a week. Then that got pushed back. Then it's like he's not even close. And now it's like, oh, he's out for game one. And I just think that's what's going to happen. We're going to be going into game four. We're going to be going into game three for sure. Still like, oh, Kevin Durant's questionable, right? Or he's doubtful. We're still going to be getting a lot of that. But let me ask you, do the Warriors need Kevin Durant to win this series? No, but it'd be sure as shit good to have him. I <laughs> I don't think they do need him to win this series. Now, okay. I think that they need, you know, at least, you know, they, they're going to need four, five, six, seven games of completely healthy Curry, uh, Draymond, and Clay. And and honestly, and honestly, Iguodala is the big X factor because the last time we saw him, he wasn't healthy. Definitely, he's not healthy. Uh, I assume he's going to try to tough it out and play, especially if there's no Kevin Durant. Because that's going to be a big factor for the Warriors. And you mentioned it. Without Kevin Durant, Steph, Clay, and Draymond have to ball out. And, I mean, Steph did do that. Steph with 36.5 points per game in the conference finals, which was the most points ever in a four-game sweep in NBA history, topping Shaq, LeBron, and Kobe. Like, he was just on a crazy run, Steph Curry. Like, that's the thing. Against the Blazers. We've seen those three players win championships together without Kevin Durant. True. But I feel like that team had a lot more depth. Like, we're not going to – like, Iguodala was obviously better than – you know, Livingston was obviously better than. Right. Bogut was obviously better than. You know, you're getting Barbosa off the bench. They had Maurice Spates off the bench. They had Harrison Barnes. Festus like, there are a lot of Ely. dudes on that team. Yeah, totally. But there's a lot of dudes on those teams, and now you're replacing it with, you know, Alfonso McKinney was on Raptors 905 last year, yeah. you know? Like, Quinn Cook, you know, Jordan Bell. Like, you're asking a lot from those dudes. Uh, Kevon Looney. You're asking a lot from those dudes, and on top of Steph, Clay, and Draymond putting in gangster work every night. You have to I also think the Raptors are in a good space, man. A lot of those other the the bit players that you're talking about on Golden State. What's nice about that though is they've had that experience before. True. I mean, maybe that not Alfonso true. McKinney, 
But not guys like Kevin, Lo- not guys like Kevin Looney, Quinn Cook, like they were there last year. Yeah, no, totally. And I mean, Demarcus Cousins is also questionable. But Again. I feel like I, I saw a report yesterday on ESPN. Uh, one of their beat guys was saying essentially, even if Boogie does play, they'll be getting like twenty minutes max from oh, him because his yeah. conditioning is nowhere near yeah. where it needs to be, and he's still hobbled. So that'll be a really interesting matchup, but. If we dig a little deeper into the matchups, is there one that sticks out to you the most or something that you're looking forward to in terms of the matchups in this series? Yeah, Draymond against Gasol and Ibaka. Okay. Because, like, when we've seen this trio of Warriors in Clay, Draymond, and Steph be so successful, it's been with Draymond running basically point center. And and, and uh, Iggy at the four, yeah, yeah, and or KD. How, how do how do Gasol uh, Ibaka react to that? Because that's a way different assignment. Like that's yep. something that they haven't seen in having to play against uh, like who would have been Jonathan Isaacs in the first round, Embiid <laughs> yeah. in the second round, and Giannis yeah. in the third round, or even uh, Brooke Lopez. I mean, like a shooting big man is completely different than what Draymond's offensive capabilities are in terms of running that offense and directing traffic and making the yeah. passes. I'm super excited to see how these matchups play out. And if they end up starting, they started Bogut for a bit, but then they went to Looney, right? Yeah. And with Looney and Draymond in that front court, I'm so interested to see the matchups in terms of who the Raptors decide to put on who, because to me, I'm interested to see like my thought process, especially coming off. Who the, does Kawhi guard? Exactly. So coming off the Bucks series, That's it. you could tell they started off with, okay, well, we're going to eliminate Middleton. He's their second right. best offensive player. They need him to get 20 plus and, and build the Kawhi, wall and then build the wall against Giannis. Well, they had Kawhi take him out early and then realized, well, he's not even doing much anyways. So they switch it off. Plus, I think Kawhi was also injured. And in a weird twist, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I feel like Kawhi being hobbled a bit, it was easier to guard Giannis because you're in the paint. You're not chasing Giannis around. You're kind of letting him drive into you into the paint. You know what I mean? You're not running around on the perimeter trying to guard someone even though when he had to do that, I mean, Kawhi still did on Brogdon with massive steals in crunch time. But for the most part, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was more in the paint and getting a lot of help as opposed to being on the perimeter. But in terms of this series, I was listening to Bawani Jones a little earlier on his podcast. One of the things he brought up that I'd never even thought of yet was, what if you put Kawhi on Draymond? And the reason why you put Kawhi on Draymond is because so much of their offense, especially without Kevin Durant, is running that pick and roll with Draymond Green. But are you going to run the pick and roll with Draymond Green if he's being covered by by Kawhi Leonard? But the the problem problem is there. Then you're leaving Kyle Lowry to guard Steph Curry. But I mean, hey, I would put I would put Danny Green on Steph Curry. I'd have Kyle. I'd rather if Kyle's chasing around Clay. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm okay with Kyle chasing around Clay. I'm okay with that. Clay Thompson is good. Don't get me wrong, and I'm not here to knock Clay Thompson because I think he's a very, very good player. But let's be serious. If you just have to force Clay Thompson to dribble, you drastically change his effectiveness uh, see, and the I kind think of he, game he's going to have. I think he's pretty sick of the dribble. Like I think the. 
Clay can really create a lot of his own shots. And honestly, without Kevin Durant, that's what he's been having to do in this last series. And he, he I thought he was can. awesome at it. And he definitely can. Him being left off the all NBA, offense. him being left off the all NBA team was whack. I mean, no, nah, I'm not here to to like hype Come up on. Golden State Warriors. Like, you can't have your cake and eat it too, right? Like, you can't play with five all stars right. and then get mad that you don't make individual awards. Like, that just, doesn't make sense to me. Guy, he is sick though. I'm not. He's great. He's Future of Philadelphia seventy sixer. He's very <laughs> – listen to this guy. Hey, listen to this guy. I'm very interested in the matchup, so because I think if you give me the first choice and I don't know how – you know, like if I'm trying to dictate what the Warriors do, right, I'm putting Kawhi Leonard on Klay Thompson. And I'm saying, all right, Kawhi, eliminate Clay. Klay Thompson has to score 25 points a night for them to be effective. And if Kawhi can somehow take him out, now, the problem is you would have him running around screens, which I don't yeah. think you really want Kawhi to be exerting himself like that. But to me, it'd be super interesting. And regardless of who Kawhi's guarding for the majority of the game, I'm very interested to see who he's on in crunch time. Right, right? When, when the chips are down. That's going to be incredible. Um, super interesting stuff going on there. Can't wait for that series to kick off. And in terms of the matchups, so many fun storylines. As you mentioned, when's Durant going to come back? When's Boogie going to come back? Is Iggy going to play game one? It's so crazy because there's so many wild cards in terms of the Warriors, whereas the Raptors, for the most part, and especially with a lot of days off, it's getting time for Kawhi to kind of get some rest after looking pretty hobbled during the Buck series. No? I, I would say hobbled in games four and five for sure, but I thought he looked pretty good in game six i agree with that like i don't know what happened in between i think it was three and four the two home games right he looked really hobbled like yeah he dunked on Giannis, and it was in game three that he had that dunk on Giannis, and he clearly was limping off afterwards yeah um you're totally right though he looked just i mean that pep in his step that jump on his step or that extra burst but he was still, there for sure in game five still pretty still played pretty fucking good though Oh, he definitely did. And with that extra rest, if you got Kawhi going full tilt, plus add in just, you know, it's almost a full circle moment for Kawhi. If you think about the fact that it was Zaza playing for the Warriors yeah. that took Kawhi out by sticking his foot under him, you can tell he's he's been motivated to get back to this point, right? Taking down the Warriors in the playoffs. This is going to be so much fun. I can't wait to see the matchups. You might get a little bit of Kawhi on everybody in this series. I think you might. I think it's going to be kind of like trial and error. See where you can get the most success. And, like, if he does guard Draymond and the rest of the team can pick up the slack on the other guys, then I think you roll with it. But I think it's going to be a fluid thing. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think it'll be a lot like the Bucks series in terms of the rap supporting cast because you're going to see a lot of Norm chasing around Steph. You're going to see a lot of Fred Van Fleet chasing around Steph. Those Again, guys are going to get a lot of minutes in this series as well. And the only way that they're even going to have a chance in this series mm-hmm. is if they get contributions from everybody like they did against the Bucks. Totally agree. And the, the beauty of the Raptors in terms of all the matchups in this series, I mean, I don't know how Gasol's going to play in this series against Looney. Like, basically, if they go super small and it's just Draymond, I'm, I'm interested to see how Gasol would still fit in this series. But other than the center spot, and even surge to a certain extent. The Raptors are switching everything, right? And I think if I'm the Raptors, my game plan is all the other screens you switch, and if there's any 
screen and roll involving Gasol or Ibaka, I'm just trapping Steph Curry on that screen. Right? Do you know what I mean? That yeah. That's my game plan if I'm the Raptors. And Siakam, I think, will have a monster series because the matchups just fit him just nicely. He can guard anyone. He can get out and run in transition. There's not really shot blockers on Golden State. Yeah, like, but not really. Dray- Draymond can make your life a, a, a live in hell. Who, who's going to be the one Kawhi bangs on in this series, though? Oh, right? it's going it to be Embiid. it's going to be Looney. <laughs> it's always the big guy. To quote Reggie, it's going to be his Kodak oh, moment. Oh, God, Reggie. The TNT broadcast of the Raptors game was not just Reggie, but Chris Webber as well. Yeah, that was tough. It's a hern unit. Tough. I'm very thankful that we get Breen, uh, Jeff Van Gundy, and Doris. Mark Jackson, yeah. I can leave or take. It doesn't matter. But I will never like, be mad at a mama, there goes that man. or Hand down, man down. I'll never be mad at that. I'll never hand down, man down. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, man. Uh, something, regardless of what channel you were watching it on or which broadcast you were watching it on, someone that popped up a lot was that boy Drizzy Drake. <laughs> what What did you think of just Drake's I knew presence, that, we'll I knew, say, in the series? I knew that the series was over as soon as Buttonholzer brought him up. Oh, <laughs> Like like I said, man, how are you going to let Drake live rent-free in your head? As soon as that shit happened, it was over. It was the same with Embiid when he said he'll be back to see him again in game, whatever, seven or six or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. You just knew that it was over, man. Like, you can't let that little, like, weasel get in your head like that, man. <laughs> you really you're can't. Right about the, and you're this right is about a guy, the Embiid thing. This is a guy who's got Steph Curry's name and Kevin Durant's name tattooed on his body. Yeah, I think it's like their numbers, I think. But, yeah, it's pretty – Come on, it's man. It's very odd. And I'll start with this. Embiid, totally agree with you. The fact that Embiid was talking tough to Drake, but not exactly. talking tough to Gasol or Ibaka or Kawhi, who was, like, dunking on his head, I found that really weird. So I, I totally agree with you there. To have your and coach, coach Bud, comment on well, it. That was nuts. Well, coach Bud, I know he's being asked a question – but come on, all you have to say after the first question is, come on, guys, I'm not going to talk about Drake. Like, that's or ridiculous. Or just say who? Next question. Yeah, like nobody's going to, you know, nobody's going to question you if you say, guys, I'm not going to talk about Drake. Like, let's talk about the players. Nobody's going to question you and get mad about that. But after the second time he was asked and he's giving full on long ass answers, I was like, yeah, that's that's not a good look. And then your man Steve Kerr out here making dad jokes. You know I already don't rate Steve Kerr. At all. No, I know. He's he's like, oh, I decided to give to call Drake on his cell phone earlier today. <laughs> like, shut up, Steve Kerr. Like, get out of here, man. But that's your man's. That's your man's, Webby. Steve Kerr is my man. <laughs> get out of here. Oh man, too much jokes. Too much jokes. But yeah, Drake going forward. I don't know what's gonna happen in this series with Drake, but I'll say this. In terms of people getting like mad at Drake, it's ridiculous. Like he's just being a fan and doing what I feel like ninety-five percent of the population, if given the opportunity to do what Drake does, would do the exact same thing. Also, too, like I feel more people in Gucci Row at Raptor games should be standing and cheering instead of like in the back missing the third quarter, right? Yeah. So yeah, I'm not I'm not that mad at Drake. 
do what you do. The fact that he reps Toronto, obviously will always rep that and support that for sure. This Golden State stuff, being friends with with uh, the Warriors and all that, obviously being good buddies with them. And, you know, there's more rap lyrics from Drake about the Warriors than there are about the Raptors. But <laughs> I don't know, man. He's just a fan. And again, to me, the okie doke here, correct me if I'm wrong, because I know you consume a lot of the U.S. media stuff as well. I feel like a lot of them talking about Drake is about they don't know how to talk about the Raptors because they still haven't watched or know nearly enough about the Raptors team to actually talk about how good they are. So it's just easy to talk about Drake and make that a storyline when really that's a ridiculous storyline. Well, the other thing is too, like uh, we've been gushing over Kawhi for the last 45 minutes here. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, is that, you know, Drake is got the most personality of anybody on the team. At least the most right about that. The most recognizable personality of anybody on the team, you know, like, well, Kawhi is a quiet killer. Even Norm's pretty quiet, even though the work that Norm put in. See, Akum is an awesome guy, but like second year in the league, uh, Marcus Saul is a very interesting guy, but again, maybe not English isn't his first language. Very professional. We'll yeah. And then we got the Mafuzi chef who is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> shouts to Surge. The battle of the chefs. Chef Curry or the Mafuzi chef, right? Oh, my. <laughs> like, listen, I'd rather eat Aisha's cooking than anything that Ibaka whips up, man. <laughs> yeah, Surge can keep his, his food to himself. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, so many angles in this in this series. And you're right about the others and just how important those guys are going to be. Like the bounce back that Fred and Norm had in the Bucks series, as opposed to not being able to play against the Sixers, I feel like we'll see a lot of the same in this Warriors series just because they're not going to be afraid to go at Steph Curry. They're not going to be afraid to go at Quinn Cook, right? Like Norm and Fred will be big factors again. And I feel like once that happens for the Raptors, that's a huge, huge benefit for them that the Warriors, I don't think, are, are. I don't want to say ready for, but I don't think it's it's like Shell. You know like, Shell. I'm listening. Are the Raptors do you think the Raptors are gonna win this series? Oh, you wanna jump right there? Well, listen, Yes, I, I do. You're I do, telling actually. me that the Warriors are gonna get snuck up on by the Raptors? Yes. I I definitely think the Raptors are gonna win this series. And how many games? I got raps in I got raps I mean Come on. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> this, no, no, you, no. Sound, you sound like me with the Sixers against the Raptors. No, 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 no. I think it's like Raps in six. Raptors, but in I, but six I'm also games. not. I'm not surprised if the Raps win, and they just win out the series. Because the thing that we keep a missing sweep? about the Toronto. No, 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 no. I'm not saying a sweep. I said Raps in six. <laughs> but I'm saying I'm not going to be surprised if the Raptors, because the part that we keep missing about this Raptors team is they defend and they're deep. The Warriors do not defend nearly as well as we think they do. They're the and with their depleted injuries. They're the eighth best defensive team in the league. Yeah, that's when they're playing with their full squad of Draymond and a healthy Andre Gudala and Clay Thompson. Now, you're telling me that it's just Clay Thompson and Draymond and then, you know, Quinn Cook and all these guys? Like, the Raptors, part of their game plan is going to be to go at Steph Curry at the offensive end. And if 
you're forcing Steph Curry to play defense. Does he still have the same amount of juice, the same amount of gas to get the 35 points that he's going to need in this series, night in, night out, without Kevin Kevin Durant? That's what I'm saying. The Raptors have enough guard play that if they spread it out, they might out Golden State, Golden State. I know people are thrown off by this, and, you know, I'm not saying this as a Raptors homer or a Raptors fan. I'm saying this as someone who's watched a lot of Toronto Raptors basketball. And if you have Kawhi Leonard playing at the level that he's been playing at, and I'm not even reading that much into the regular season because you can't. Like, the two matchups, do you remember those two matchups? Do, do we need to go through those two matchups at all? I mean... Do you care? No, I, I really okay. don't. Not, totally not East against West and not in games that Kawhi didn't play and exactly. Steph didn't... You know, it doesn't matter. Totally agree. But the one thing that was dope for me to in those two games was, one, the showdown between Kawhi and Durant. I thought that was crazy dope. But in the other game when Kawhi didn't play, right? And again, Warriors have their whole team, but at the same time, it's a regular season. It's so hard to gauge looking back what games they were coming out of, which part of the schedule they were at, all that. But the Raptors' ability to push the pace and run up and down and get up and down the floor, they can do that like Golden State and Portland. And Portland gave these guys a go. They just couldn't hold on late and get stops. Portland, the Raptors can Portland, do that. Portland got their ass swept. They led every fourth quarter, and they came against a buzzsaw. They didn't even have Durant. Because they couldn't get stops. The Raptors can get stops. That's the difference. And that's going to be the difference in this series. The Raptors play defense and can get stops. And I'm going to be serious. Until Steph Curry wins a finals MVP, yeah. <laughs> I'll be waiting on Steph it's, Curry's it's, putting in work in the NBA finals. I think that it's competitive. I, I, I think that the Raptors definitely win game one. Or at least one of the first two at home. They got to win the first. They Like, this is going to sound crazy, if and the, I'm not saying well, that obviously. if they split their – No, I'm not saying that if they split, they're losing. But if you come out and take a commanding 2-0 lead, yes, you're going back to Golden State, but I don't think the Raptors are shook on the road. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'll just say that much. I'll just say that much. That's just my opinion. I'm taking Raps in six. I think the Raptors – and the one thing I'll say this, okay? And I said this about the Bucks series as well. People need to remember that when Vegas puts out lines and people say that Vegas, the odds-on favorite in Vegas, the Raptors are huge underdogs in Vegas, people that don't gamble don't understand what that means, okay? When Vegas is putting out lines, what they're trying to do is get equal money on both sides because they make their money off the juice, right? I understand. So... When they put out the line, if they just said, hey, this series was close to equal, public perception is, well, it's the Warriors. The Raptors have never been here before. The Raptors only have Kawhi. The Warriors have been here five times. They have three All-Stars. So everybody would be putting their money on the Warriors. So how do you get some money on the Raptors? Well, you make them big betting underdogs. And that's how you entice people to get money on the other side. So much like the Bucks series, which I try to tell people, don't be fooled by what Vegas is trying to tell you because you're reading it wrong. I'm taking the same approach with this series as well. The Raptors are a very good team. And we keep talking about, you know, the way that the media is spun to us is, oh, well, what went wrong for Giannis? 
oh, what went wrong for the Sixers? And it's like, no, the Raptors are really, really good, and so is Kawhi. And the Warriors are about to find that out too. I just think that the what the Warriors can do in transition is just mm-hmm. as good as what downhill teams like the Bucks and the Sixers do. In fact, okay. they're the they're the probably the best downhill team in the NBA. But they're mm-hmm. also the best half court offense in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, until I see it against a a, a good defensive team, which isn't Portland, which isn't the which isn't Houston and with more talent than you know the Clippers cool I'm here I'm I'm gonna ride with the Raptors defense they play defense and defense wins championships I, I, hey what's what's your take Webby who who do you have who do you have winning this series what's your prediction I get the Warriors in six Warriors in six okay I think that it's it's the most that the, I really don't think that they're gonna I, I think that they're gonna be overconfident coming into game one I think it's okay. a perfect atmosphere for the Raptors to steal that first game at home. Uh, really put the fear of God in, in, into the Warriors. But t- having to play that team mm-hmm. at least four times in a two-week span, it's so tough. Sure, you can win twice in a season against a team that you're only going to see twice a season unless it's for sure. the finals. For sure, and you're getting way sus- more up for them than they are for you. Totally sus- agree. The sustained, uh, like offensive pressure that that the Warriors are built around, having to beat that four times out of seven games is like we we've seen it. I mean, we've seen it. it's almost impossible to do. You need, uh, you really need two guys to have uh, out of body performances the way that the Cavs got. Uh, what game six and game seven from Kyrie and LeBron when they won, yeah. and like yeah. sure you can you can get it from Kawhi every single night, but are you gonna have that other guy that can yeah. get you forty or thirty five? I don't think it has to be that much. I think if you're getting like ten and eights from different guys, you just need one other guy in the twenties, and as but long you as know, everyone else is chipping in. And I think the way that the Raptors' offense is running now and the way that it'll run against this Golden State team, which I think, you know, you could argue the Bucks' defense was better. And we saw what the Raptors did against the Sixers, who I still think were a tougher test for the Raptors. And I said it at the time. Sixers were a tougher test for the Raptors than the Bucks were. Yeah, 100%. The Bucks, the Bucks were itching to get got in the playoffs. Yeah, was, and we it, were talking about that from yeah, the regular season. 100%. Right, but and that was because the Sixers, it was talent for talent, right? Like, oh yeah, you're lining up individual basketball players, and Tobias Harris is better than a lot of the Raptors, right? Jimmy Butler is better than a lot of the Raptors. Yeah, and I know you can say that about Draymond Clay, Green is better than a lot of the Raptors. Dray, I just think Clay Thompson just, is better than a lot of the Raptors. Steph Curry is better than a lot of the Raptors. But, I mean, it's, it's just like the Sixers. But Kawhi only, is better than all of them. It's and just, I think that the gap isn't as for sure. much as you think it is. For sure. That's but, all I'm saying. But the fr- the best player in the series, for sure, is Kawhi Leonard. But the next mm-hmm. three best players are on the Warriors, four when they get Durant back. So here, here's the thing that I'm, I'm going to say, though. I think the cohesiveness of Clay and Steph and Draymond is what make them so good. And to a lesser extent, and again, you won't see this until it actually plays out, but to a lesser extent, it's the same thing that makes the Raptors as good. 
like Siakam and the way that he plays with Kyle Lowry, the pick and roll between Serge and Kyle, like that stuff. Like when you're but, looking at these guys and the thing that I feel like gets missed when people look at the Toronto Raptors, like Marcus isn't the same Marcus he was three years oh, ago. Oh, hell no. But that's still a legit, legit NBA dude, right? Like Serge Ibaka isn't the same Serge Ibaka he was a couple years ago. But that's still a legit, legit NBA dude. And you put those two guys together, right? And now you're looking at it as terms of those two dudes going against Draymond. Do you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? And then you have a bunch of these guards who can all create their own shots and get busy off the dribble and knock down open shots. And we've seen what Fred and Norm can do with confidence. Like, that's better than what the, the Warriors are going to be getting from guys not named Clay, Steph, and Draymond. That's all I'm saying. I, and, hey, we won't know who's right until the games start playing, and that's the beauty of basketball, right? That's yeah. the beauty of it. We won't know until the games happen. Uh, but I have Raps in six. You have Warriors in six. People listening to this pod, let us know what you think because, of course, this is about you guys as well. We want to hear from you who's right, who's wrong. I mean, interact with us, who you think, what matchups you want to see. And listen, I keep this going. The way that I've been predicting these NBA playoffs, me saying Warriors and Six should be music to Raptors fans' (laughs) ears. It really should. Well played, well played. Well, should be hype. Speaking of Mr. Webster, I think we got we got everything there in terms of the Warriors, right? Warriors versus Raps. But speaking of, we teased it at off the top. And, you know, you mentioned your takes, you mentioned your predictions, and there was one, you know, we let a round pass before I was we, we excommunicated. I was excommunicated from the pod for let my Let you recover cuz that was a <laughs> tough tough way to lose. So I'm going to start with the actual four bounce in basket the most famous basket arguably if Kawhi Leonard does that for the Lakers that's one of the most famous plays in the history of the NBA I I I still wake up in cold sweats at night thinking about that (laughs) shot because I think that if I think the moment for you Web Webby what was going on when you know Jimmy ties it up four seconds left take me to what was going on on your couch Mr. Webster get me to overtime okay because if you get me to overtime we're going to win the game and then if you get me to happen, if you get me in overtime, the Sixers are going to win. I really thought I, I really did. I thought that what I mean, what Jimmy Butler did down the stretch in that series was like that was the Jimmy. Remember when we, I, when we talked after they got him and I was in Philly and we mm-hmm. I called in and we were talking. That was that was the hope from that day was that you would well, get that out of Jimmy Butler down the stretch in the playoffs. It's the perfect example is when you look at what the Sixers were able to do with Jimmy and what the Bucks were not able to do because they don't have that kind of player. Yeah. Right? And can you get a bucket? That's all that matters come down to playoff time. That's it. And, can and honestly, you get a bucket? That, that, like, if that game goes wrong for the Raptors and it goes to overtime, uh, we're talking about Kawhi Leonard's turnover. And oh, that's missed free throw. Oh, was it the sorry? It was a missed yeah, free he throw. Yeah, missed the free throw, and then Jimmy went down and tied it. Yeah. yeah, and first of all, like what an incredibly tough layup that he makes because the whole time True. he's looking for JJ. And this was what I was, I was telling. I think I was watching it with my dad. Like my parents were in town, and yeah. I was saying, look how what a great job Siakam did on that play mm-hmm. because he's following Jimmy, but he sees JJ Redick start to flare out to the three. 
and he goes with him, yeah. letting I forget who took Surge. It was Surge coming back and tried to block Butler. Right, and made it a really tough. But if you see Siakam, he flares out with JJ because Jimmy's looking to JJ for that three point shot to win it. Yeah. And Siakam took it away. Man, I I just think that if they went to – I believe in my heart that if that game went to overtime, the Sixers would be playing for the NBA Finals right now. I mean, it's tough to argue with you because there's been multiple times, you know, where the Raptors were kind of on the brink and Kawhi himself has just saved them. And that – that's the greater moment. That's the greatest moment, obviously, right? That shot over Embiid. It's incredible. Four bounces. It's incredible. But seeing him make plays, and we saw it where he makes a steal off Middleton, is it? Again, the Bucks series yeah. takes that coast to coast, lays it in. We saw it during the regular season where he stole it off DeMar at half court, lays it in or dunked it for the game winner. We saw it a few times hitting the three over Embiid in game four. Like, Kawhi Leonard time in and time out has figured it out for the Toronto Raptors. And I don't know how, but in that point, the way that that game was going, he was laboring. The Raptors offense was laboring. Yeah. And I can't argue with you. If you say that the Sixers probably would have won that series, if it goes to, to OT. Um, but a couple of things I got to ask you. Yeah. Um, one, your man's Joel Embiid crying. Hey. Are you okay with that? Yeah, hundred percent. Give me the. Player. You know what? Give me that rather than you know just like leaving the court without shaking anybody's hands and just like, you know, give me that emotion. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the Sixers, man. Like that guy will like it shows me that he cares. Obviously, he cares. He like give me all the jokes if you want to yeah. about MB crying, but I, I love to see it. You know, that's so, the kind of guy I want. Yeah, no, I hear I hear what you're saying. And, you know, we talked during the series about Embiid celebrating in Game 3 and all that and it being super early in the series. And you made the point, hey, that's how he plays. Like, that's how he hypes himself up, and I get it. But I'm going to quote Bomani again. And, and his point on the, the uh, Embiid thing was, you know, are you, am I going to say that people who cry after losing sports, like, am I, am I against that? No, I understand it. You put a lot into it. I get it. He's like, I don't have a problem with people crying after sport after losing a sporting event. I have a problem with that guy crying after he loses a sporting <laughs> event, right? The guy that's out here calling people trash, that's dissing Drummond, dissing all these dudes, beefing with all these dudes on social media, trolling the whole year, like all that stuff. That guy can't cry after he loses a series. And I thought, you know what? I agree with that. Like cry whoever you want to be cry cool i get it i'm not gonna knock you i've cried after losing a sporting event and obviously the stakes of what i was playing was way less yeah. than joel Embiid. but yeah that guy can't be crying after a after a playoff loss i get not that, that guy not my after only, what he was doing my only thing would be that it was in the tunnel and just the way yeah. that sports are now the way that they're covered that's something that you would never see 20 years ago but now in today's NBA, in today's sports access and coverage, you're seeing those private moments. And we've seen it before. Who was it I, I on the cast? I think was consoling him with a bit of tears on the court. I don't know. Shouts to Marcus Gasol, by the way. Good sportsmanship. Uh, I've got no qualms with him getting emotional. Uh, it's tough, man. Like you were that close and to lose on that kind of shot, it's heartbreaking. So what's my, that's next? Not my big, that's not my big qualm. My big, pro- my big problem was just the complete absence of Ben Simmons. 
and Asky, so then what's next is is if there's choices to be made with the superstars and where the max money is going in Philadelphia, is your beef with Ben Simmons? I don't have beef. I just think that, like, man, he had an opportunity to show the world what he was about. And he had flashes in the series against Toronto, and I thought he had lots more flashes in the series against Brooklyn. But man, game six, he played really well against Toronto. I think he had one really good game against Toronto. Yeah, no, uh, but, 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 I think it was game six. It was the game that they won, and Joel didn't play well. I think it was game six. Was it game I feel six? Like it was game six, yeah. Anyway, it's tough. And, and just because of the way that the game is played now, it's like, yeah, that, a, a guy in that position where who's handling the ball and bringing it up, he needs to be able to shoot and he needs yeah. to be able to contribute offensively. And, Honestly, like, he's got all those physical tools. Like, they weren't posting him up enough against guys like the smaller guys who were covering him when Kawhi wasn't on him. Like, a lot of bad decision-making, bad spacing. Here's my thing, okay? Right now, I know you've been reading the news of what's been happening with the L.A. Lakers over the last (laughs) couple months, okay? Who's Ben Simmons dating right now? Oh, I think they broke up. I think I saw on TMZ they broke up. But anyways, yes, Kardashians. Okay, he's involved with the Kardashians. Okay, West Coast guy, Australian guy, likes the beach, obviously has some of that California. Magic, uh, not with the team, but was saying, hey, I'll coach you. A little bit of tampering going on. Here's what I'm saying. Just trade Ben Simmons for LeBron James. <laughs> let's make, let's make that happen. Let's make Stop that this. happen. Okay? Why would, LeBron, why would LeBron want to stay in L.A.? That place is a dumpster fire. We got Rob Polinka. We got Rob Polinka lying about when the Dark Knight came out. This, this is this this article today. I don't know if you read it on ESPN about the Lakers. It's like the third Lakers article of the last month. What what have we been talking about? We've been talking about it, it's like a reality show. It's yep, the you real. Said this, I I will give you that, Webby. You did say I I want to say Genie Bus Genie Bus <laughs> runs the Lakers like a reality show. <laughs> it's in it's insane. It's every week there's an article. LeBron has to get himself out of there. Well, I mean, since the last time we talked, and you're right, and we've talked it might be two weeks since we've done a podcast, but in that time it's three like, three articles have come out about the Lakers <laughs> since we've last spoken. Well Listen, there was Ty Lu basically about to accept the job and bro. then walking away from the job because they won't they were lowballing him on the money side giving him less money in years than Luke Walton somehow, and then also trying to force Jason Kidd to be one of his assistant coaches. It's the, like, the what ulti- is going on? The ultimate with that was the the hours after the Magic Johnson. Uh, yes. uh, the hours team. after the, That in itself was amazing. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> like, worth the price of admission. But he does it. Three, four hours before the Lakers unveil their new head coach, Frank Vogel. Like, what does LeBron think about hiring Frank Vogel? Like, let's be serious for Yo, a second. Yo, he's like, right? oh, oh, this clown that I embarrassed every time <laughs> that they came against me in the playoffs. But here's the thing. The, did you see the clip of they're asking, so they got Vogel and Palinka, or I must have been Palinka up there. And the guy is asking Palinka the question of like, so like um, Vogel's your third choice after yeah. things falling apart with Monty Williams and Ty Lue. How does it finally <laughs> feel to find a coach after your failure at trying to get the guys? 
And it just, I, it just the camera keeps zooming in on Vogel. On Vogel, yeah. And it, it, just the curb your enthusiasm music starts playing in my head, man. You're Bro, right. They if are you're a Le- if, show. If you're LeBron James, what have you gotten yourself into? Now, listen, my my fake Ben Simmons for LeBron James trade is one thing, but I at at what point? At what point? Why would he stay there? The insane nature to me about all this Lakers stuff is. How do you get LeBron James and then you don't consult LeBron James about like anything that's going on? Like that or, makes no sense to me. I get it if you're Pat Riley and Pat Riley thinks, okay, well, you know, I don't need LeBron's permission to do this, that, and the third. And you're saying that because you still have D Wade, right? You still had Chris Bosch at the time. Like, yeah. You're the Lakers, you don't have anything. But LeBron James. Dude. And then you're hiring Frank Vogel. You know LeBron can't be built that life. Genie, that doesn't make any sense. Genie Bus didn't have a plan. Like well, like like the Kurt great Rambis like this is the one reportedly yo, calling shots. The, no, no, no. No, no, no. It's not Kurt Rambis. It's Kurt Rambis's wife. No, but I heard it's both of them in tandem. Which, yeah, like, I mean, not that that makes it any better. Like real housewives like... of Staples Center shit, man. <laughs> But like this team, they 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 got the biggest fish, they they got the biggest prize in the NBA, the biggest star of the last thirty years, yeah. and they didn't have a plan. Like the great Nas said, kidnap the white, kidnap the president's wife without a plan. All right, <laughs> that's what they did. They made the move. They didn't have. They. It's bewildering to me. It's gonna happen. LeBron is gonna ask. Out of L.A. <laughs> it is it is quite ridiculous. I mean, when you really think about what's going on, they hired Frank Vogel, which that can't possibly last long. But you have LeBron James. You have Palenka. How many things in that article were so ridiculous? Like, you mentioned the Heath Ledger story, which is obviously my completely fucked up. It's my favorite. But the stuff about Rich Paul on the plane being a problem, the fact that, what I feel happened with this article was magic goes on first take, right? Obviously just savages the life of Rob Palenka. And my <laughs> favorite part being, hold on. My favorite part being Stephen a asking him very calmly, by the way, uh, was there multiple people that you felt were backstabbing you nope. or one person in particular? And he's like, no, just Rob. <laughs> no, but think about this. Think about That's the, amazing. think about no, the Lakers. Think about the Lakers hiring Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson saying to them, well, you know I have other businesses, so I'll probably only be coming in once a week. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me, you're, you're what? <laughs> you're coming in once a week? Once every other week? Well, this like, is what and I'm you're saying. supposed if to that's... be the president of basketball operations for the Los Angeles Lakers? But if that's what Jeannie Buss and agreed to with magic that's on them that's not on magic right but either way i think that magic does that interview on first take listen your president your president of basketball operations he's got to be scouting finding talent for your team of course he does but not really magic was going to do that when they hired him well i i would say i would hope it wasn't the lakers but it certainly (laughs) was the lakers No, but what I was going to say was that front office is in such disarray that I bet you Magic goes and does that interview, right? And then the Lakers, whether it's Genie Bus, whether it's Palenka himself, they're trying to get their side of the story. The problem is it's Magic Johnson. 
obviously he still has a lot of people on his side within the organization and within the media and who could be players, but enough people that now if their plan and I mean plan by Palenka or Genie Bus was to get the counter to magic, well you just opened up the can of worms to really let everybody know how messed up your entire organization is. And I think that's what this article was, right? It was someone's attempt to go back at magic, but what it really did was it opened up the can of worms to see the full gong show circus act that's going on in LA. I didn't need an article to tell me how incompetent Magic Johnson was at this job. <laughs> okay? Well, I don't. My, fav- I don't. my favorite part was Lebitard talking about it, like, when it happened, and all the people that came out to diss Lebitard saying that he was racist. Because Lebitard's thing was just, well, first off, if you listen to Lebitard, you know he's not racist. But <laughs> his whole thing was that Magic just got the job because he's Magic, and he gets a lot of jobs 100%. that he's not qualified for because he's Magic Johnson. He walks yeah. in the room, and he smiles, and he's Magic. And that's why he gets all these jobs. And people took that the wrong way as if, like, oh, what are you trying to say about – and it's just like, guys, no, did we really that's... think Magic was going to be, like, scouting dudes in Turkey? Like, did we really think that was going to be a thing? Okay, but why not hire somebody who's going to do that? Don't, that was supposed uh, to be Palenka. Don't hire the guy who's going to trade Zubac for Mike <laughs> Muscala. Like, but that was supposed to be Palenka. And I think that, you know, once it gets out that Palenka is backstabbing and talking shit about magic, then your whole shit's fucked up. Did you, did you read the part about them taking the big German guy, Mo Wagner? No, How they had two part, no. separate war rooms for the draft. Okay, Why? so they had this the like the front office staff, the scouts, mm-hmm. everybody in one room, and then in another room they had Palinka and Magic, just those two. Okay. okay, now the top guy on their board was the big guy out of Villanova. So every he they felt they fell to them to the Lakers at twenty five or whatever their pick was. Everybody in the one room was like, okay, this. The, we're going to announce the pick. It's going to be this guy from Nova. And then they announced the pick and it was Mo Wagner. And they were like, what the fuck is happening in that other room? Okay. Like you've got (laughs) dumb and dumber. Like I can't, I just can't believe it. Like, man, like talking about one of the storied franchises in sports and it's just being absolutely run into the ground. It is wild. It's funny. And this is why the NBA is the NBA and it's because you're heading into the NBA Finals. There's a couple of days off before the NBA Finals starts. And even if people say that this matchup or they don't know enough about the Toronto Raptors to make this an intriguing matchup, somehow, some way, the NBA still finds a way to be very interesting oh, and steal the headlines undefeated. with very ridiculous headlines, right? Like, this is crazy. Oh, but, I just hope tomorrow I go into work and there's a fresh, hot <laughs> off the presses Lakers story that I can dive into. Oh. Crazy? No, sorry. Uh, just LeBron, come to the Sixers. <laughs> LeBron, LeBron and Clay to the Sixers, and we get rid of Ben Simmons. Wow. Obviously, wow. don't sign JJ, and then that team—that—that's a finals team. <laughs> it's a finals team. I mean, Webby. Craziness in LA, craziness in Philly, and of course, craziness we are in Toronto. just days away from go. you know it being really hot up in the six right oh now. Oh boy! Oh boy! With an NBA Finals matchup between the Warriors and the Toronto Raptors, 
Can't wait for that. But speaking of finales and a finale that probably didn't go that well, oh. <laughs> we're going to wrap up our Ask on oh. Blast Ask on Blast segment, which, you know, tailors into a little bit of uh, pop culture. And we haven't talked since the ending of Game of Thrones. But the last time we did speak, you felt very strongly about how bad this series was or this season was. And I told you, ah, you know, it's early. Let's wait it out. Let's see. Nah. Nah, I was wrong. I'll admit I was wrong, Mr. Andrew Webster. Bro, they 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 put themselves into a corner in terms of saying a couple of seasons ago, listen, we've gotten past the books. This we've talked to the writer George R. R. Martin. This is you know we know that this is where the story is going to conclude. We're going to give ourselves this amount of time to get there, and and they rushed right through it. Yeah. And there's a, we can pick and nitpick the little things. But what I'm really going to say is, we spent how many seasons dealing with the White Walkers, and that this is going to be the battle of all mankind. This is going to be it, and it was dope. I thought that was a great episode. But, like, it it was almost like it never existed after it happened. Like, nobody (laughs) ever talked about it again. So were you okay with how uh, the Night King died? Were you okay with that? I was happy that... Hold on, first off. If you haven't seen Game of Thrones by now and you actually care, that's on (laughs) you. (laughs) So I'm not even saying spoiler alert. That's on you. Proceed. So what I'm going to say is, I have no problem with Arya doing the deed. Okay. But, again, for this indestructible, like, terror of a Night King to yeah. be, to, like, really only get Theon and nobody else. <laughs> it's like, why were we so worried? Yeah. And there's and, so many things that made no sense. Like, oh, my God. You mentioned could... that. How did we not get the Night King fighting Jon Snow? Like, it was right there. It could have just happened. And nothing. The Night King just walks away nothing, and, like, nothing. rises more freaking zombies or whatever you want to call those the the undead right like it was ridiculous it was like it was like uh did you ever see the rambo movies (laughs) where like all the bad guys are shooting at rambo and it looks it seems like they're 10 feet away and they can never hit them (laughs) it seemed like that was happening to every major character throughout the last two seasons of this show they'd get themselves into big trouble and then they would just like Find a way to survive. And that's not what this show is about. The show is about taking your favorite characters and killing them. The people so you was, think are the story are, are the heroes and, and taking them out. I remember hearing Bill Simmons describe shows as saying, you know, he's not really in on things that involve vampires, and magic, dragons. or the forest. <laughs> right. The <Right>? forest. <laughs> and I, like, subscribe to that. Like, I was totally all the way in. Like, I've never seen Lord of the Rings. Like, I'm not in on any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And Game of Thrones, I want to say I finally jumped in maybe around like when season four or season five was going down. Do you know what I mean? And that's when I jumped on and like binge watched it and caught up to that season. And, you know, I put aside all the rules, all my normal rules of shit I don't take in. I dispelled my imagination and, you know, (laughs) okay, I'll accept dragons and all this shit. And then we get to the end and I'm just like, Okay, I understand that there's dragons. I understand that there's all these things, but like just basics plot things like how is Tyrion your prisoner and then he's the one that gets to decide? Right? Why like, send John to the wall if if Grey Worm is just going to leave? Yeah, it's Grey Worm. Why why is Grey Worm calling shots like that? That makes no sense, right? Like 
Tyrion was just your prisoner, and then it's like, how should we decide who's going to rule over our kingdoms? It's like, well, let's ask the prisoner? What? That makes no sense. No. I get what they were trying to do with the joke when Sam's trying to bring up democracy. Like, I get what they were trying to do. Yeah. But I was like, that's not Game of Thrones. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was just, there's too many things that made no sense. Like, why did John? why did his true, uh, like, who he really was, like, that never really ended up mattering at the very end. Like, not really. Like, it did, because it caused, what's her name to go crazy? Yeah. It caused Daenerys to go crazy, but, like, it didn't really matter. Jamie was taking such a crazy character turn, and then all of a sudden, on a dime, he's just like, nope, I'm gone. I'm going to go back to my sister. And it's like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, none of these things made sense. It, none it, of these things made sense. Foolish. It was very disappointing. So, okay, we're done with Thrones. What are we yeah. watching? Do you know what it made me do? It made me go and watch The Wire. And last night, because, yeah. you know, sometimes you're on YouTube and you just end up through wormholes. And oh, yeah. somehow I ended up on this, like, Wire supercut. Trust me. Follow me here. It was two hours, okay, of just Omar. So it was basically Omar storyline. It was basically like the story of Omar throughout the entire huh. series of The Wire. Like it was pretty incredible. It was pretty cool to watch it in that way. Like through yeah. one of obviously the one of the most interesting characters of all time. But it just was a reminder of how good that show was. Right? And like I need to go back and watch that. But it made me think of the finale and I really enjoyed the finale of The Wire. Yeah. Right? Especially, Even though you might not have agreed with everything that happened. Or the season five, I think, was kinda maybe one of the weaker seasons. I, I liked it, but I, if you compare all of them together, but I thought the last episode, especially the last like 20, 30 minutes of the last episode of the wire is like amazing. Yeah. Like they knew what they were trying to do. They knew the story that they were trying to tell ultimately was yes, you've been with these characters and you care about these characters, but it's more about the backdrop of Baltimore. Yeah. And, and it's just the, the cycle same, just continues. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of what else am I watching? Uh, I'm behind on Billions, so I can't give you uh, my Billions take. Not yes, much. I'm still in on Billions, and I enjoy it a lot. Uh, <laughs> I guess Succession has to be coming back soon, got right? Because I've seen got the promos. Be. I need it. I need it in my uh, life. I enjoyed Big Little Lies, which is also coming back. Can't I'll wait, say, fellas. It's one you can watch with Wifey. You know. Yes, absolutely. It's one that I Wifey got me Big into. Big Little Lies. I'm, um, I'm in on that. I got one for you. It's not a show, but it's a four-part documentary. Okay. About the Wu-Tang Clan. How did we not, like, how did I not write this down that obviously we have to talk about Bro, this? it's so good. <laughs> I watched it. It's amazing. It's incredible. Okay. So I'm still on the fourth episode. I how mean, many the first, episodes are there? Four or five? Four. There's only four. Four, okay. The first three were amazing. And the fourth one about the Arab guy, yeah. who's like the, uh, like, Straight scamming. Yo, and then Ghostface of, like, Listen, this guy gave me a call and was asking for verses. Didn't even mention Wu-Tang because, you know, if he did, Ghostface was getting paid. I was like, yo, that's my guy. But so just even watching the first couple episodes of this documentary series, I mean, I just like I have such love for Wu-Tang. And it takes me back to like being a young, dumb teenager and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, man, it's incredible to think that that group – had at for like a stretch of what almost a decade yeah. of like literally six of those guys being the top 20 30 rappers of all time you know it's incredible right so 
obviously like that's a moment in time right like we're of age where wu-tang was a thing for us like i remember where i was when like i was yeah. in grade eight when uh wu-tang forever came out i was yeah. in grade eight we were on our grade eight field trip in quebec city right like i remember where i was when these things happened so to be able to look back at it now right and understand everything that was going on and have exactly. it explained in a different way was really really cool and i remember at the time as a kid thinking this is weird. Why are all these guys on all these different labels? Like, I don't get that. Like, why would they do that? But to hear RZA explain that it was all a plan and he did it on purpose so that now all of these different labels were all invested in the success of Wu-Tang, it was genius, right? Like to, And so to me, the biggest thing about the doc was, yeah, it was cool as a Wu-Tang fan. It was cool as, you know, a music fan or a hip-hop head to see all the old videos and hear the old music and all that. But to me, in terms of just, like, business... Oh, yeah. Right? And, like, you know... Although I didn't think his brother came off so well. Divine. Uh, it was like, interesting. They I tried. did understand. I did understand Rizzo was kind of trying to, like... And really ended up eating a lot of shit from both the sides... But trying to walk that tightrope line of like yeah. making sure his friends are paid and taken care of, but also looking out for the brand and everything that he helped build. It's yeah. very tough, right? But, yeah, but you I could mean, see that him being pulled in those two directions. But the the saddest part was the was ODB getting out of jail. That was tough sure. to watch. That was tough like, to watch. Yeah, let's talk about ODB in a second. I want to stick with the brother though for one bit though. This was the kind of part that I wish almost that they weren't all producers on it. And so it was someone from the outside doing this story. So we could kind of get more of the real story and feelings mm -hmm. of what all these guys thought. Do you know what I mean? Cause yeah. we kind of got a little bit of it from all of them, but you know, you could tell that obviously meth and them were really mad about the silver swords album or whatever my guy's name was right? right? that one album they sold. You could tell they were mad about that. And I love how they left that in where meth is like, that was no woo album. And yeah. like Riz is kind of awkwardly looking over and they hold on it. They hold on it like an extra beat, right? So that you get how awkward it is for Riz to be sitting there listening to them diss that last album and what he was doing with that dude. Like that was cool. But I wanted a bit more, right? Like I could have had I could have had all of all of those guys just sitting around together yeah. talking. That was yeah. so amazing. It was very really compelling. And even how they went back and forth from, you know, they had Divine sitting on his boat telling the story, but they kept cutting back and forth to that old footage of him sitting in the on the kitchen counter yeah. talking to them. I guess that's at the Wu Mansion. I don't know if that's a Wu Mansion. First off, there should be a whole section of just Wu Mansion <laughs> videos <laughs> that you probably can't really show. <laughs> but, yeah, we'd be okay. here for that, right? But... um just having him talk about that side of it and how he was always trying to get them on the business side and, you know, seeing him have the actual, you know, discussion with them face to face. And I don't even know why they were filming it, which, you know, they're filming everything. It kind of seems like they were ahead of their time, right? The fact that there's always camcorders around filming everything. Yeah. But the fact that, you know, my guy is saying, hey, you know, if I come to you guys with a deal and a deal's two mil and I give you guys 1.3, and then right away, I think it was, who was it? Was it Raekwon 
or go someone stepped up and they're like no 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 i want the full two <laughs> right <laughs> like i thought that was super interesting and raw and real and i wanted more of that to understand to hear their views on the business side of it and how much divine was doing for the business how much of the seed money he put in at the beginning to get this shit off the ground. Right, because like it was found, all his dealing money that did it, right? Yeah, and I found that super interesting, but obviously for multiple reasons. They can't get too far in depth right. into that, right? But, you know, my guy's story about going to the record store and the scam oh, they were running where he had dude, his that boys was come so, in. Yeah, that was so <laughs> awesome. That guy was uh, dope. That guy that was great. That guy was the best. But you could tell, too, and, and just hearing, you know, oh, I was just a hustler. I knew how to sell stuff. And so I became their tour manager, right? Yeah. Like, it was just amazing, top to bottom. Uh, great doc, super recommended for any music head. Like, I think anybody that enjoys music would like that. But if you're a hip-hop head, for sure, yeah. That story of our time. We got to oh, take that in. And just, I thought that was really dope. Just go on Spotify and listen to only Bill for Cuban links. Like, just do it. It's so good. It's Seeing so good. Seeing all the old videos was so good. And the oh, dude's with like. With the timestamps on yeah, all the Yeah, you brought it to me and it had the time code on it. it He's like, like, nah, dude, just play what is it. This? <laughs> just play it. <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, we've gone like almost an hour and a half here on this. This is what happens when we don't get together in like two weeks. I know. I know. And So much happening in the NBA. So much going on in the NBA. So much, of course, going on in the pop culture ball on blast world as well. Of and of course, you know, the big thing, the main reason we're here is the NBA finals. And again, the Toronto Raptors taking on the golden state warriors. Oh boy. Game one in Toronto goes Thursday. And between now and during the C the series, the NBA finals. And until we talk again next week, Mr. Andrew Webster, where can the people find you? If they want to tell you what you're right about, if they want yeah. to tell you what you're wrong about Get your takes on anything we just talked about. Where can the people find you? Come give me my comeuppance for talking all this wild smack and getting all <laughs> my predictions wrong. Again, Warriors in six. If you want to come laugh at me when the Raptors win in six, hit me up on Twitter, on Instagram, at AWebster84. And, of course, my name is Sheldon Alexander. We talk a lot on this podcast about, you know, this is the Ball on Blast podcast where we talk about everything NBA, and it's incredible for the world to collide in terms of the Wrap It Up podcast and Ball on Blast because, you know, the Raptors are always just a part of this Ball on Blast podcast. But now that they're in the finals, wow, it's crazy. But, of course, people that follow all of the On Blast podcasts they know that I've been known to be, uh, I think I've been labeled as Sheldon, quote, I'm not worried, Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, look at where we are now. We're in the NBA Finals, Raptors fans, so enjoy. And of course, you can find this Ball on Blast podcast where you find the Wrap It Up podcast, which is our Raps post-game show, which we do live on Twitter after each and every Toronto Raptors game on Twitter at Shell Alexander. You can follow me there, like and subscribe there, like and follow and same thing goes for Instagram. We got another feed up there at Sheldon Alexander. Those are the two places you can follow me. Of course, like and subscribe to this podcast and as well, wrap it up. It's all under the same feed called On Blast Podcast. That goes for SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, and of course, YouTube. Huge shouts to all the fans. And, you know, the season is still going for Raptors fans. And obviously for us here on Ball On Blast, 
But I do want to take this time to, you know, thank all the fans and the people that have been rocking with us yeah, over man. the past year with all the projects because the feedback has been great. The response has been great. And we don't take it for granted. Like, we appreciate you guys hitting us up, getting our takes, even outside of the podcast. You know, just, you know, I've had people stop me on the street. Mikey's told me he went to a Raptor game and people have stopped him at the Raptor game, <laughs> you know, and told him they saw him on the podcast, you know. So we really do appreciate it. It doesn't go unnoticed. I truly mean it from the bottom of my heart. Really appreciate you guys rocking with us this year as we continue to grow this On Blast podcast network. Totally mean it. Huge thanks. And a huge thanks to you as well, Mr. Andrew Webster. Hey, Shelly, thank you, man. This is so much fun. It's like, honestly, since I left Sportsnet, this is like, it keeps me in the game, keeps my mind sharp. Love talking sports. Love talking hoop with you. Love all the fans out there. And please, honestly, the interaction, man, I I can speak for Shelly and the rest of the guys on the Wrap It Up podcast. Your interaction with us makes us feel so awesome. It makes like builds up our ego, man, just to have you guys know that you're listening to us and agreeing or disagreeing with what we're saying and reaching out to like call us idiots or say great point. It's the best. And so you guys listening means so much to me and I'm sure so much to everybody else who's involved in the Ball on Blast uh, family. Yeah, we try to make this kind of a people's podcast, right? Where you guys, you know, we're here talking shit, but you guys can talk shit right back to us. Absolutely. You know, That's the way we, try we want to take it. That, that group text formula and turn that into a conversation each and every week. And thank you guys for joining with us because I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Ball on Blast podcast, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. On Blast.